Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Austin Cunningham here, joined as always with Justin Treese and Doug Anderson. Boys, how you been doing? Not too bad, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing all right. Just got back from the Combine last night. Um, It was a great weekend. Um, but we'll get into that here in a little bit later. Um, what you guys been up to? I mean, we're, we've just been watching the Combine and uh, going to some Salt Lake Stallions games over the weekend. But, um, I mean, it sounds like we didn't have as good of a time as you did. Oh, well, I'm sure that Stallions game was pretty fun. How was the, how'd the weather cooperate for you guys? Uh, it was bullshit and freezing, and they <laughs> lost. So, <laughs> any, any top performers from either team? Um, so, one of my favorites, actually that's on the stallions. His name's Carter Schultz. Um, he had a brief stint with the Browns actually, um, went to Northern Iowa. He is a stud defensive end. He gets to the ball fast, but the game in general was kind of ugly just because everybody was sliding everywhere. It was hard for people to catch passes. It was, uh, it was a mess, but it was football. So I can't complain. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, kind of, you know, Tracy mentioned it earlier the week. This weekend, uh, I was able to go to Indianapolis with um, Matt Miller, Mello, and uh, Connor Rogers, kind of with the stick to football crew, and help out with them a little bit. But uh, it was a, it was an awesome experience. Um, the craziest thing was, you know, going into the hotel and like, well, you know, this is a pretty nice hotel. I'm sure I'll see some people. And the next thing you know, you turn around and there's Greg Williams sitting at the bar talking to a couple guys. Um, the first person I saw when I walked in was Gary V. You know that big time oh, entrepreneur no guy. From, swear to God, <laughs> standing right in front of me, and I just tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, "Hey, man, nice to see." You. And he just, you know, turned and looks up. He's like, "Hey, nice to see you too, big guy." And then, no, I mean, that was it. Like we have no idea. He has no idea who I am, but he's like, "Hey, nice <laughs> to see you." And I was like, "Cool," you know. And you just keep going, and you know, you go through the day, and I'm getting in the elevator to go up to the room, and Wade Phillips walks out, and you're just like, "Oh, hey, coach, how you doing?" He's like, "I'm good," you know, da da da. And then we go out to dinner Saturday night. Um, we had that stick to football meetup and then we're out to dinner and they set us at this table. And as we're walking to the table, I look over to the right and there's uh, Sean McVay just sitting there Dude. and they, and then they set us down at the table and we're sitting there eating and we order our food. And all of a sudden here just come these lines of just NFL coaches. And I'm talking Doug Peterson, Andy Reed, Frank Wright, uh, the Eagles GM, Howie Rose. And they just, they're all walking in and apparently they all have the same agent and that's what they were doing was celebrating their agent's birthday. And so I'm sitting at this table eating my steak and I just can't help but like just stare over into this corner of just these great NFL head coaches right now. And uh, we're sitting there eating and I see Andy Reid kind of starting to make his way out. And uh, Melo goes, hey, you know, go introduce yourself. Just stand up and say something. I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I don't want to be the one to interrupt a guy's dinner. You know, he's just trying to leave. But he goes, hey, if it's any constellation, I've talked to him before. He's really nice. You know, no worries. So as he kind of makes his way out, I stand up and I'm like, hey, Coach Reed, uh, you know, nice to meet you. I'm Austin Cunningham. And it, he, the thing that caught me off guard was, like, he talked back and, you know, asked me, like, asked me a question, like, how I was doing and where I was from. And that kind of caught me off guard instead of just being like, oh, hey, yeah, nice to meet you. I got to go. He, was, you know, took the time to just kind of stop for a second talk and then just went on our merry way. And then on the flight home last night, you know, I ran into Eric Bieniemy getting out of the flight, and that's the Chiefs offensive coordinator, in case you guys didn't know who he was. Um but it was just amazing just to see all these head coaches and, you know, these big time names around. And I was not expecting it at all. So it was it was pretty awesome. I'm sure you were a bit starstruck being the Kansas City fan that you are. Man, you yeah. and Andy Reid's got to be uh, big time for you. Well, hey, to kind of brag on myself, I kept it cool. You know, I was <laughs> able to – it was once you see them, you're like, 
and you get over the fact that, that that's who it is and, you know, the title that they hold, you kind of realize they're just another person. Like, they're just another guy sitting here eating dinner. So once you kind of see them and get over that stigma of, holy smokes, that's the head coach, you kind of get yourself calmed down. And I was able to surprisingly do that quickly. That's awesome. Very cool stories, man. Um, so what was it like being at, at the Combine itself? Um, it was great, you know, um, besides seeing all the, the big-name guys that I just mentioned. Um, it was cool to kind of be there with Matt and hear his inside thoughts um, and kind of what they think and kind of what they see and be able to be like, you know what, I saw the same thing. So it's kind of nice to correlate that. But there was definitely some guys who uh, who – you know, bumped up their stock. And then there was uh, some other guys who kind of, you know, quite literally just almost erased theirs. So <clears throat> I know it's kind of a bad thing to just, you know, say a guy's going to go here or there just based off their performance. But, you know, literally that's just how it goes at times. So I'm kind of heading into this next segment here for us. Um, who do you guys have as winners and losers from what you saw? Yeah, Doug, how about you? How about you kick us off? All right. So my winner definitely is Jazz Ferguson. He's my boy. I've been campaigning him for a while. Um, he's that one guy that I just want to see succeed. Uh, former LSU, uh, former LSU receiver had some issues, wouldn't play for Northwestern. And at the, at the combine, I kept saying, if he works on his speed, he'll be noticed more. People will go back and look at his tape, realize how good he is. The dude ran a four, four, five, and he's big. And that, that threw me off so much where I thought, okay, four, six, four, five, that'll be better for him. But he got in the four fours and that blew me away. Yeah. He, uh, he did perform well and he, I could definitely tell you that he, uh, he turned some heads as well. That's good. Cause I, I just remember watching him looking out for him, uh, especially during the gauntlet drill where I wanted to just see how straight he could run. Uh, his awareness, being able to track the ball as soon as he could turn his head and his hips to turn out of that drill were perfect. Um, well, didn't look sloppy. He looked really good. What about a loser for you? Yeah, Isaac not out of I can never say his last name right. That's going to be the death of me, man. I heard Isaac, plenty of times, so no worries. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a lot more from him, and I feel like he his – his entire stock dropped. I I do not mind that, honestly, because I kind of want him to be able to fall to the Chiefs because I do kind of see him as a next Travis Kelsey. Um, I definitely definitely needs to get some speed back. <laughs> but he is a pretty good blocker. Um, he did show that well at Georgia. So I think him kind of getting to slide into the later rounds and maybe a possible uh, pick there for the Chiefs would be would be pretty great. Yeah, and I and of course with the combine, it, it's it's not everything. I mean, it helps, it gets you noticed or it kind of makes you fall in the back burner a little bit and fall in the draft. So other teams can get you. But I would say with Isaac is he's coachable and those are things that he can work on. And if you can get a tight end that blocks and you can work on everything else, I mean, that's worth it to draft. But if you can get him in a later round, that's better on your cap and also um, on your value. So I don't know. I, I feel like, in regards to a combine performance, Isaac Nada just wasn't fully what people expected him to do. Yep. What about you, Trees? Um, yeah, so my winner is going to be uh, Mike Weber, the running back out of Ohio State. Uh, he came in, um, ran a very good 40, kind of showed off his skills. Um, I think a lot of people actually have forgotten about him. Um the year after uh, Zeke went to the NFL, he came into Ohio State and kind of 
did a fantastic job, right? He uh, ran for over a thousand yards. I think it was something like 6.2 yards per carry. Um, really, really good year. And then, then he kind of dropped off with an injury and uh, getting J.K. Dobbins coming in as well. And he's kind of been stealing some carries from him the last couple of years. Um, but still is averaging, he's averaged over five and a half yards per carry his entire career. And I think just people forgot about him just because JK Dobbins kind of took, took the spotlight away from him this year. But, um, he showed, he showed his speed and his versatility, uh, this weekend. So I think, um, to, for me, he was always in that, like what running back, like five range for me. Um, I kind of like more, I was watching him over the weekend. I was like, you want to know what? I kind of have him as like running back three, running back four now. Um, so I still think Josh Jacobs, even though he wasn't able to perform this weekend, I still think he's kind of in a tier by himself for running backs. But then there's this like second tier guys, in my opinion, that are going to be Montgomery from Iowa State, Miles Sanders from Penn State, and Mike Weber from Ohio State. Um, actually, all Big Ten schools, coincidentally. So. I'd say he's my winner. Um, and then loser, man, there, there's a lot, right? Like you don't want, you don't want that from anybody, but uh, if I stuck with running backs, I'd say Elijah Holyfield um, out of Yo. Georgia. He had a <laughs> really, he just, he was slow. He didn't look like, like he wasn't quick. He wasn't fast. He just like looked stiff in all the drills. Um, but I kind of think that I one kind of, like a given, like I think a lot of people are saying him. So I'll go on the defensive side and say CC Jefferson. I'm um, out of Florida. He looked very stiff. Just didn't look. He actually kind of just didn't look fully engaged on this. You could see during a lot of drills, you could see a lot of coaches kind of like chirping at him a little bit, trying to. It seemed like trying to get him a little bit more motivated in it. I kind of always considered him like a late fifth round guy, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he fell to the seventh round now um i just think with now nowadays out of when you're looking for those like outside linebackers defensive end guys you're looking for guys with um good mobility and good bend and i just i just didn't see it from him um what about you austin since you were there in person um and obviously you got to hear from a lot of very intelligent people like matt miller um <laughs> what's your thoughts and uh where did you who do you see as winners and losers losers <clears throat> yeah, so uh, some winners that I personally saw and uh, had was uh, Brian Burns. I thought he ran very well, you know, and he looked very, very natural in his agility workouts, which I thought was huge for him. Um, I definitely think that kind of pushed him up the board um, since Polite kind of looks so stiff and just, you know, just kind of out of it. So I definitely think he pushed himself higher up into the first round. And I honestly think Polite might have just kind of taken himself, taken himself out of the first round with how poorly he did. And uh, it sounds like he just bombed every interview that he had. And so yeah. I think I think that is just going to look poorly and people are, you know, teams are going to say, I'm not going to put a first round grade on this guy or use my first round pick over someone who didn't seem to care enough to hold, you know, a good interview or perform well here. Um, so I definitely think he was, you know, kind of a loser here. Um, I don't like to call anybody a loser, but, you know, did not perform well and hurt his stock. So today we're joined by Jordan Leslie. Thank you for being here, Jordan. Former BYU player, former Cleveland Brown, kind of traveled around the NFL a little bit. Current Salt Lake Stallion. So how crazy and stressful was it going from team to team, Jordan? Every Tuesday is kind of like the cut day, so you kind of, if you're on the bubble with the team, you got to always check your phone, and any phone call kind of makes your heart drop. So it is tough, and uh, 
you kind of got to have the right mindset for it and definitely have a great supporting cast around you and, you know, loved ones around you to kind of get you through the hard times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it looks like you have a great supporting cast. You know, you, you're still sticking with it and even going to the AFL now, which I, is really booming. I'm very surprised and very happy that it is. And with me and Doug being from Salt Lake, we're, we're super excited to have you on the Salt Lake Stallions team and you being back, back home since you're from BYU. I know you went to UTEP before, but um, being a BYU man, it's, it's nice to have a local guy back. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. And I, I love it, this league and I love kind of what it stands for. It kind of gives players a chance to make it to the NFL. There's a lot of people that go into the NFL and kind of the way it's set up, if you're not a draft pick or a high guy from a certain big conference, it's kind of hard to make it. And so I love that this league gives you the opportunity to go against other players that have been in the league and, you know, other talented players that have maybe didn't get a shot in the league. Uh, and I'm happy to be back in you know, Salt Lake City and have all the BYU fans you know, cheering me on, hopefully. Um, you kind of touched up on, on how difficult that journey was. Uh, but one thing I want to know is kind of how did you keep yourself motivated um, going into each organization, you know, being told no previously and being let go? Like, how did you keep the right mindset and keep yourself motivated going into the next one? Um, <laughs> that's funny because uh, I know we talked about before. Uh, I have this app that came out and on my app, uh, there's like a motivational side and this month's thing was, you know, what motivates me, what kept me going. And I can just give you like a quick gist of it. But the biggest three things were, uh, number one, I've, I've worked too hard for this to, to give up. Uh, I put in so much work. I've done so much extra. I've uh, been the last one off the field, stayed at the facility late. I mean, I even got cut from a team while I was at the facility doing extra. So I put so much into this. And then I have so many loved ones around me that have supported me, fans that have cheered me on and, just supported me through these ups and downs. So I want to do it for them. And most importantly, I just want to, you know, just inspire somebody, uh, show someone that you don't have to be the most talented, you know, have the most stars or whatever it is nowadays. You just have to work hard. You have to keep pushing and there's going to be ups and downs in your life. But as long as you keep going, you can accomplish anything. That's awesome. And going off of that real quick, um, I have one more question for you here. Uh, who was kind of the one player or coach that you worked out with or saw I was on the same field with, you know, and it kind of clicked in your mind, like, wow, this is like, I'm here, like I'm doing this, you know, kind of in a sense, like I made it. Who was that one guy that kind of just put all that together for you? Um, when I first came to the league, I, like I said, I was with the Minnesota Vikings. So being around Adrian Peterson, I mean, that's kind of like your, your wow moment. Cause you know, that's one of the best backs <laughs> that, you know, as I was growing up, that was playing. And uh, I would say my second wow moment was when I was with the Falcons and I got to be around Julio Jones. I mean, he's one of the most God-given athletes I've seen and been around. And just to see his work ethic and see how explosive he is and just the things that he can do on a field. I mean, we, we call him an alien because <laughs> there's things that he can do that no one else can do. I was watching an interview that you did, I think, with, with like BYU TV, uh, like Studio B or something. And you were just mentioning how crazy it was to learn from Julio. And that just makes me wonder, like, as you were growing up, who did you try and like model your game after? Who was somebody you looked up to? Well, I mean, my favorite receiver of all time is Randy Moss, but I obviously didn't have. I'm fast, but that, <laughs> he's <laughs> a totally different speed. And uh, so I always looked up to being from Houston. I always looked up to Andre Johnson. Uh, that was kind of the guy that I liked, he didn't say much. He just went out there and played and he, he performed and he was a great receiver, amazing hands. And that's one person I looked up to a lot. And I actually got to be with him for a week when I was with the Titans 
he was with him also. So it was cool to be around him and see that. But that was definitely the guy that I looked up to. And I run into him, you know, sometimes in L.A. It's just crazy to, you know, be able to say what's up. And he actually remembers me. That's cool. That's always cool to just have you like your childhood hero, know who you are and always remember you. I I remember looking at your um, your pro day and I I was blown away by your results with that 441 on that 40 yard dash. It's like, dang, this dude's fast. But watching you preseason for the Browns, watching you for the Colts, uh, your interview after one of your first games uh, with Nathan Zagura, you just had such an upbeat, positive personality, which makes sense why you haven't given up on your dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it has been tough. Uh, coming out of college, I definitely thought I'd get an invite to the combine, which is what the stats I put up, and I didn't. So, you know, training in San Diego and getting ready for my pro day, I really took a lot. I put the, I put a lot on my shoulders to kind of prove to everybody, you know, I should have been invited. And I put up great stats. I mean, I think I was – top 10 in just about every category. And so I really thought I was going to get drafted. And unfortunately I didn't. And uh, just kind of how it works sometimes, but I just kept working. And like you said, I had that first game with Indianapolis and I was able to kind of make a, a big play. And I was obviously happy for that. And I always try to stay upbeat as much as I can, but it does get tough. And that's one thing I want to always be there for other people. And I want to kind of help inspire and just be an ear to listen to people because I understand how tough it is. And I've gone through plenty of struggles. I was raised, you know, basically by my mom, didn't have a dad in my life. So I understand the ups and downs and uh, it's always better to stay positive than kind of get into the sorrow and kind of get down, down on yourself. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. So you kind of talked about it on your pro day, you ran a four, four, one, which is incredible speed. Um, since we're, since we're just finishing off the combine uh, this previous weekend and pro days are starting, um, were you able to watch any of that or do you keep track of any, uh, up and coming, up and coming players? Um, no, I really didn't watch too much. I mean, I, I, I kind of looked for talkie talkie at the combine just cause I did play with him and kind of just looked at certain people and obviously they post the best stats, So you're able to look at that, but I, I don't take too much into that. Cause I know how the combine works and obviously I wasn't invited. So I know there's going to be a lot of players out there that weren't invited that are going to make a big splash into NFL scene. So I don't pay too much attention to that. I think kind of, it's kind of built up a little more than it should be. Uh, and I, honestly, I think at my pro day, the fastest time was a four, three, one on the hand time, but they weren't going to give me that one. So it was hand time. So they had to, they had to add some time to that one. <laughs> Hey, dude, that's okay. We'll give you that one. We heard it here first. Jordan <laughs> Leslie, 4-3 athlete, man. Uh, that would be tied for the fastest uh, for this year's combine. Um, so why don't you walk us through kind of like training for your pro day? Because obviously um, you're kind of focused more on uh, like the 40 and some certain drills. Um, how, did you, how did you train for that and get ready for it? So luckily uh, at that time – the agency I was with uh, paid for me to go to San Diego and train at a place called Activate. And it was just the people with that agency. And so I was able to work with and kind of get worked on. I had a hamstring injury in BYU. And so I kind of worried about what I was going to run and how I was going to perform, but they, they got me healthy. And you know, every day we were learning about, and it, it's kind of different because you're learning about how to run a 40, you're learning how to run the shuttle, things of that nature. And you spend time on the football side, but at first, when you first start training, that's all you train about. The train for is running fast, doing the shuttle, like little cheats of how to do it. And so it's kind of weird because your whole life you've been training to play football. But these tests and these numbers, 
get in the scouts' heads, you got to perform well on that as well as per- perform well during your individual drills. Okay, so why don't you, you kind of mentioned your app a little bit? We'd love to hear more about it. Why don't you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, so uh, a company called Starvision reached out to me and asked if I was interested in making an app to kind of help wide receivers. And um, I was like, yeah, that's definitely something I would want to do. I, I love to help other people. I, you know, I want to train people, and uh, a lot of people reach out to me to train, but I'm not able to get to everyone. So this could be a great opportunity. And when I started getting working on it, I wanted to. They just kind of wanted receiver drills, and I was like, why don't I make it bigger? Why don't I make it my own workout plans that I do myself? Why don't I film videos of me performing the exercises? And so I can make it for everybody. It doesn't have to be just receivers. It could be, you know, any athlete, boy or girl. They have a workout plan that I do, and if they want to follow it and you know, see how it works out for them, why not do that? And then I also wanted to do something that had like a motivation side because like I've said before, a lot of us have ups and downs in our life and we need someone to just talk to or just to listen to. And so to have that with my uh, app, I felt like it'd be a great idea to just be there for other people and kind of have a one-on-one thing. So it's literally just me like in selfie mode and just talking about questions people have asked me um, just about my life and just getting to know me more. So like I said, there's three aspects. There's receiver drills, you can just purchase the receiver drills and everything that included, or you can just purchase the workout plan, which has the exercises, my workout plan, and just videos of me performing it and kind of giving tips of how to do an exercise better. That's awesome. Yeah, I see here the five-minute abs. I definitely could use that. Um, and all okay. of these workouts, dude, they're awesome. And it's Jordan Leslie Dream Chasers, right? That's what it's on the app store. Or J-Les yep. Dream Chasers. Dude, it's J-Les an awesome Dream app. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I did uh, last year. I did a free camp uh, back in my hometown. I called it Dream Chasers, and I kind of liked the name of that. Um, we're all trying to chase a dream, and I feel like it went well with the app because anybody can use it. It doesn't have to be just a football player looking to make it to the NFL. It can be any person that wants to better themselves and be a better version of themselves because that's that's what we're all fighting for, right? Oh yeah, dude. That is awesome. So, all right. So we're getting close to the end here, but um, more of a fun question here. Um, I assume that you put, and I shouldn't assume, do you play video games during your off time? Um, you know what? I got into it more. I'm not the best. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I can beat some people in some sports games. We start going to the shooter games. I'm not the best. That's <laughs> me as well. That's me as well. So I guess the question is, is, are you an Xbox guy or a PlayStation guy? Oh, I'm PlayStation all the way. Oh, come on. Answer. Yeah, exactly. I love it. That is a great answer. Thank you. Uh, uh. <laughs> hey, all right. you, played, you played for the Browns. That's all that I care about. Uh, you, you, you're a good dude. <laughs> I appreciate go. that. Yeah. All right. Um, Austin or Doug, do you guys have any more questions for him? Um, no, man, I'm good. Thank you for coming on, though. I appreciate it, and I uh, wish you nothing to, nothing but the best, man. Yeah, and get healthy, and we're excited to uh, see you at the next home game. Uh, Doug and I will try to try to show up and support you. Oh, I really appreciate that, and maybe I can get on again towards the end of the season. Absolutely. Uh, yep. the season goes. Oh, dude, you're always welcome. Always welcome yep. with us. Yep. Thank awesome. you all again for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for welcome. coming, man. Thanks, Jordan. We'll talk later. We could uh, transition over and talk a little bit more about kind of what's going on with free agents for our teams. 
who we want and who's leaving that's that you're okay with essentially. Yeah. So for the Jags, um, there's been a lot of reports, um, that Nick Foles is coming to, uh, coming to Duval and going to be the Jaguars next starting quarterback. And he's going to sign a deal on the 13th. And right after that, they're going to release Blake Bortles. Um, so the bigger thing for me is just seeing what the price tag is for him. Um, there's a lot of reports that it could be in that 20 to 25 million. I've seen some as low as 15 to 17 million. Um, it'll be interesting because the market's just not that big for Nick Foles right now. Once the Broncos traded for Joe Flacco, it kind of just made everything else die down. Um, I don't see the Dolphins being involved in, in any sort of deal. I, I think that they are totally fine with losing next season and trying to go after the Fromm or Tua. And the Redskins have been reported, but they have too much money tied up in Alex Smith. Um, so even if they release Alex Smith, they'd have to pay him. Um, so I just don't see them having that type of money. Um, a wild card could be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but other than that, there's just not a lot. So I kind of feel like the Jags may be kind of bidding against themselves for Nick Foles. So um, that'll be very interesting for me um, on day one. Um, we kind of spoke about this before um, with, I don't believe they bring back uh, Yeldon. And so what are they going to do at running back? Um, they're also losing Corey Grant. Um, he, he was injured most of last season. So, but he had a big 2017 season for the Jaguars. I mean, hey, if you have to, just try and uh, work something out with the Browns for Duke Johnson. I mean, that's a possibility, right? I, I don't think that they want to take on that type of contract for a, a basically a number two running back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I kind of mentioned it last podcast, but I would still be absolutely static if they went after Miles Sanders in round three or even even Mike Weber, um, as I talked about him earlier in the podcast. Defensively, I think um, I think that they're pretty set. I mean, they'll need some kind of glue guys, but I think the starters are basically set. Um, there was reports that came out earlier. Marcel Darius is willing to restructure his contract to stay in Jacksonville. Um, there was a lot of people that criticized that trade, even though they gave up very little, but just with uh, Darius's history of like kind of being lazy um, and not motivated, he's been the exact opposite since he's come to Jacksonville. Um, and he's the key to that run run defense for the team. Um, and with him and even Clayus Campbell built, willing to restructure their contracts, I think that it opens up a lot to be able to give Ramsey the deal he wants and even signing Nick Foles. I think that that really helps out the team. And I, I love it when uh, players after a few years into their contract are willing to restructure um, for the better of the team. I think it's great. But what about you, Austin? How do you, how do you feel about uh, where the Chiefs are at? I know that today was the big day for a lot of uh, pass rushers uh, getting franchise tags. Yeah. So um, I think it was Sunday Early Sunday or late Saturday, the Chiefs went ahead and uh, put the fran- or had you know placed franchise tag on D Ford there. Excuse me, and uh, we're going to go ahead and keep him for another year. But it's kind of starting to sound like they might just tag him and then see what they can get out of a trade. While in the midst of reports coming out tonight that the Chiefs released Justin Houston, and then in the in the middle of everyone freaking out about him being released, another report came out about him uh, 
not being released and that the Chiefs are still, you know, listening to trade offers since there were so many other pass rushers that were uh, franchise tag today. Um, Lawrence out of Dallas, Clark out of Seattle. Um, just those, you know, those other big names that other teams were kind of maybe hoping for to not get the, the franchise tag place today. But I have no idea what the Chiefs are wanting to do right now. I think if they are going to try and get a you know, draft pick out of Houston, I don't know what they're going to get. You know, people today were talking maybe a fourth, um, and that's going to be lucky. It's not that people don't want Houston for his talent or that he's old, because, I mean, he is getting older, but he's got a $21 million cap hit uh, this season, and the Chiefs are not wanting to pay that. And if they're not wanting to pay, you know, Alex Smith last year, you know, $17 million, and you go ahead and release him and decide to go with Patrick Mahomes, which ultimately was a great decision. But, you know, with D Ford performing well this year and then placing the franchise tag, I don't necessarily mind it, but at the same time, I understand them possibly wanting to trade him because it's been, you know, three years. This last past season was his third season, and he was finally able to stay healthy and he was finally able to perform and put up over 10 sacks. But it took three years. I mean, are we going to say, are we going to possibly see that next year out of Tano Passano, out of Villanova with this new defensive scheme that's coming in with Spagnola? Um, I mean, he could possibly do well. Um, Breland speaks, you know, he's looking like the guy that might place the role of Justin Houston. I don't think he's going to be as dominant, but he has a possibility of, you know, being able to fill that role and hold the edge and kind of what Houston was able to do, you know, recently since he's been hurt so much. But, you know, kind of back to Ford and the injuries he's faced. I mean, he hasn't been facing, you know, minor injuries. I mean, they've been huge, whether it was an ankle and knee. And then this past season or before this past season, it was his back um, heading into the offseason. So this year, you know, he's finally heading in healthy. But I'm kind of looking at is what the Chiefs have done previously with Barry and Houston. You know, you're going to sign these guys to a massive contract and then they're just not going to play because they're hurt. So as a Chiefs fan, you know, them leading the league in sacks – yeah, that's great, but you know, every year is a new year, and you have no idea what's going to happen. And I don't want to be signing these guys to big contracts or having you know three guys hold a huge amount of our cap space and not play because that just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? No. So I think I think that's going to be huge on what they do. I would kind of like to see them keep Ford and then draft another edge player, and then no matter what Ford does this offseason, what Ford does this next season move on from him instead of doing what they did with Houston, which franchise tag him, see he did well, and then pay him over $100 million. So I think either way, going not necessarily this next season, but in two, you know, 2020, I don't think Ford or Houston are on the Kansas City Chiefs. Would you rather have them sign a free agent or draft somebody new? Well, with the depth at edge this year in the draft, I would definitely like to see them draft somebody. Um, Matt Miller said today on uh, 610 Sports here in Kansas City that you know the Chiefs could potentially you know have the franchise tag and then trade him to the Packers for like the 30th pick. And personally, that sounds great to me because you could use those two first round picks and then maybe an extra second to move up into the top 10. You know, because when they went and got Mahomes, they they had a, a first round pick. And then the next year's first, and then that year's second round pick as well to go up to number 10 and get Mahomes. So if you got two first round picks and an extra second on top of that in this year's draft, move up to the top 10, you know, get a Brian Bird, a Brian Burns, you know, that could be huge for the Chiefs. And then you also don't have the cap hit of a Justin Houston or a $14 million franchise tag of D. Or- no, I think getting going young would definitely benefit cap but also experience too because you get somebody fresh you get somebody new 
you can mold them into being what you need them to be. Mm-hmm. I definitely would agree with you on that one. To answer your question about you know getting a free agent, I think that would be awesome, but I don't want to have to overpay for a free agent. You know, I said that in an article I wrote over this weekend for an offseason pre- preview of the Chiefs. You know, I'd definitely be mad at a rookie instead of you know a guy that we paid over ten million dollars a year for, like a Landon Collins. I would love to see him on the Chiefs with Spagnola. You know, I'd like to see them guys paired up again. Um, I think CJ Mosley. You know, the news coming out today of him not getting the franchise tag. I think seeing him on the Chiefs would be great. But you know, having two major contracts and two a Hitchens and a Mosley at you know just one position group, I think that's kind of dangerous as well. So I mean, there's just so much that can happen, and we'd love to see. But it's just the money, the money, the money, the money. I think one of the few uh, edges that are left for free agency that are like someone to note is Trey Flowers because it seemed like everybody was just getting smacked with the franchise tag today. Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of Trey Flowers. I mean, he's not the he's not the sexy type guy like a D Ford that's like coming around the edge. And I mean, he's more of like a all around player. And mm-hmm. um, I know just for me. Uh, specifically when he got hurt during the Jags game in week two, that's, that's when the Jaguars offense really took off and they really took advantage of him missing. And um, he was, and then, but then when he came back from that injury a couple weeks later, I mean, that defense is really took off and you could see it in the playoff game. I know I'm sure you saw, you saw plenty of them during the chiefs game, Austin, but man, he, reminder. yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very interested to see where he goes. And I think, uh, I think any team that gets him will be lucky to have him. He's a, he's a solid football player. I mean, you bring up CJ Mosley too. I, I wouldn't mind CJ Mosley's young um, on my end, just talking about you with Justin Houston, but on more of the inside of things, uh, Jamie Collins, I just want someone to either take him off of the Browns hands or for them just to cut him. Um, I think, I think his prime is over. I still think he's a good player, but I think what we're, what the Browns are paying him that $12 million cap hit that'll hit this year. They just need to get rid of him. How old is he? Um, actually to check that. I want to say he's 28. Actually, Jamie Collins is 29 years old. So he's getting there. He's a little older. And, and just to pair that up, Joe Schobert's 25 Christian Kirksey's 26. Personally, I want them to bring in, uh, another linebacker. I want them to draft somebody. Um, I prefer Terrell Hanks, who didn't have an amazing combine. I still like him because I like his tape a lot. Mac Wilson probably won't be there. Um, Devin White apparently is rumored to be the Browns' number one go-to. They might trade down for him. I, I don't know. But Jamie Collins is 29 years old, and... He's not worth $12 million this year. Yeah, absolutely agree with you there, Doug. Um, all right. Um, anybody else you guys want to talk about for your teams on free agency or any sort of needs now that we're uh, about a week away from the the big time and uh, NFL season starting? No, I think I, I pretty much answered everything that uh, anyone might ask there on my little tangent that I just had. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Talking Football. Please subscribe, like, leave us a review, whatever you got to do. We appreciate you even being here and listening to us. Follow us on Twitter 
at talking underscore football or on Instagram, just talking football. Thank you again for listening. Next week, we're going to have Dalton Reisner, uh, an NFL draft prospect, come on the show and we're just going to kind of interview him and get to know him a little bit as well as talk about some free agency and things that are kind of going on around the league. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.